Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Today we're talking about how do I regroup. And so really going to be answering the question for you if you were to say, Dusty, how do I regroup? We're going to move for. Uh, move through the Bible and talk about the difference uh, between information and transformation and how that works. And so uh, before we do that, you need to know that we're in a season of regrouping as a church. And so how do I regroup? That's that's pretty good because I think we're all in a place as summer's coming to a close and a new school year is approaching and uh, we're just kind of getting the itch to get back to or get into some type of normal. And the reality is, is we're just moving into a new normal. And so then we've got to kind of put a stake in the ground and and, and choose a direction. And so hopefully we get to do that today. And so uh, last week, as you know, we talked about regrouping and um, really talked about bringing the church to where you live. And we used Amazon as the analogy. We were essentially uh, not trying to be uh, the church that's moving backwards and saying, well, I just wish we could get to pre-COVID-19, um, pre just all of 2020. Can we just get back to that place? And in all honesty, I don't think we're ever going to be back there. I don't think that the American church, the capital C church, is ever going to be back to a place like we were moving forward. I think that uh, how we're moving forward with um, social distancing, I think that's going to be uh, the norm for a little while. And so we talked about being the church that's in the community, essentially like Amazon, delivering hope and the good news to the doorsteps of people in our neighborhood, especially our neighbors. And so... um, your community needs you to contribute to their life. And so establishing and nurturing relationships in your community serve as a bridge to the church. They're going to serve to be the bridge to the church or for a lot of people, the bridge back to the church. And so you have to identify who is your community and what we're doing and what we challenge you to do is to identify those who are closest to you. Your community of of people is really those closest to you. You have that inner circle or your you know, whatever you want to call your group of people that you rely on and trust in and all those things. So the goal in all of this is for us as groups um, around our community and around the country to come together and to do for one person that we wish we could do for everyone. Right. And so it begins with the individual. And before it begins with me reaching out to somebody, it has to be in my heart. And it doesn't just have to be in my heart. It has to be in my feet. I have to believe this enough to actually uh, have walking papers. We all have walking papers. We all have a calling and a purpose in our life. And so then We have to believe it for ourselves before we can help that individual. And so we do that knowing that changed individuals transform families and transform families, restore communities. And what you need to see in that is it's spiritual restoration, right? It's spiritual restoration. It is bringing uh, that spiritual presence back into our community uh, or communities that's been gone or that has left. And so individuals are changed and communities are transformed when people invest in others and help them look beyond what they see right? So as we, the church, do this, it gives people a glimpse of what their life can be, what their community can be, both uh, where they are and who they're with. And so then our action step last week was find out how you can invest in somebody else and help them see life beyond where they currently are. And life, you know, there's probably people that you know right now who are struggling with, um, man, who knows what, You're having a a ton of emotional um, health issues and mental health issues because of what quarantine is doing and, um, you know, social distancing aspects. And so find out how you can help somebody who's struggling right now um, and help them see past their current circumstance was the action step. And so because our goal is to get a who to aware, that's our why, right? Our why is to get a who to aware. And so we all know someone who's close to us, but far from God. And so that's really the, the, the push to uh, regrouping as a church is we all have our community groups. We all have our circles. And then we all inside those groups, we all know people who are close to us that we're comfortable being around right now with all the social distancing that we could say, hey, I would love for you to come to this or better yet, let me come to you. And as we do that, uh, what we're going to do is... Um, those people who might be on the path to hell, we're going to see them get to heaven because of our influence and our relationship. And so the question then is, how do you see community? And this is pretty big. I realized this uh, when I um, went, I visited Oklahoma uh, earlier in the summer, way early in the summer. 
And uh, I went back to the community that I grew up in and the community I grew up in is so very different than the community that I live in now. And so uh, it led me to essentially define community. And so what I need to know from you and what you need to identify is what is your definition of community? Because some people um, see community as what we have and they fight to protect what they have. It's their what. Community is a what to them, right? And some places, some places see community as who we have and they fight to protect each other. And I think both are great. But instead of having this type of community or that type of community, we really want to see both come together. We want to see them merge. And we want to see community not just be where we live, but who we are. This is, um, this is what I saw in my hometown. You don't have the, um, the luxurious uh, downtowns like we have in all the small communities here in Michigan. But there's a sense of pride here that, that lacks there. But for, for all that you see um, here with us, there's a difference. There's a separation. And some would say it's the climate or it's the culture. It's the, and I really don't think it's anything but just a, just a lack of engagement. It is we're busy. It's 2020. And we've gotten away from being who God intended us to be. And if you think first century church, we started um, the Church of Acts was a community church. It was very relational. Everything happened like this. And then people learned how to read and write and communication got cut in half. And now we have phones that where we're sending each other hieroglyphics again and watching videos and we're, and we're very solo. We feel connected to the world. We're more connected than we've ever been, but we're connected right here. And we're not connected as people or as communities or as our, even our groups. And so that's why regrouping. So you have to figure out how you identify community. You know where you live. And so your definition is not going to be the same as everybody else's. The challenge is caring enough, and this is it. This is if, if you don't get anything from last week, it's this. The challenge is caring enough about your community that you don't want to see people dying and going to hell, period. I care enough about my community that I don't want to see the people who live here die and go to hell. I want to see them in heaven. And so do you care enough? Do you care enough for those closest to you to actually be the bridge for them to be back to the church or to be the bridge for them to find a relationship in Jesus and so, or to help them get to heaven. Do you care enough to help people get to heaven? Our why is to get a who to aware. And so here's why, because when we're gone, when we leave this place, our earthly place, when we leave all the things that we see and that we fight for, um, aren't going to be in heaven. They're not going to be there. It's only going to be the people who filled the places. It's only going to be the people who filled the what's and Will those who are close to you be there with you? Will they be in heaven with you? And what you hopefully are getting through all of these messages is God wants to use you to help them. It, it's, it's not, I've got to get you to this guy because this guy can get you. Um, the guy that we're trying to get them to is Jesus. And if you follow Jesus, then you have him and he's with you. Then, then God wants to use you uh, to help them, right? And so that's why our heart is people. That's why we value people. God's treasure is people. We talked about this uh, in depth last, last uh, week. God, God's treasure is people so much so that he sent his son to die. He sent his son Jesus to die. And so then we want to be part of sending his treasure where it belongs, heaven. We want to send people ahead. And so that's last week's recap. If you missed that message, you can go back and catch it. We've got playlists. It's on YouTube, Facebook. I even think we're doing some Instagram stuff right now. So um, today... How do we regroup? So specifically, Dusty, how do I regroup? And I'm going to be really practical. I'm going to share some of the stuff that me and Heather are doing. And what I want to talk about, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Information informs, but revelation transforms. Information informs, it's common sense, but revelation transforms. And that's where we all need to be operating is revelation right? Because we all want that new normal. We all want the new normal. And so uh, how do I regroup? Here's how Heather and I regroup. And this is that practical look. And so how are we regrouping or transforming our house again? Here's the thing. We're not waiting back on our heels anymore. We are not um, waiting to react to another call or another, um, you know, who knows, right? It is, um, we've been in that place for a while. We've been in transition here for a while. And so um, being here has been a little trying. It's been a little taxing for us. 
um, when um, when COVID hit, we had our uh, fourth, our, our third son, fourth fourth child, Axon on um, March 13th, and then uh, March 15th we were put into quarantine. Well, that's no, we that's kind of nice timing to bring a newborn home. But on top of that, we are um, you and you've seen it. We're remodeling a house that's a one owner house. We uh, brought our kids home and homeschooled them. And we uh, were in week 11. We were fixed to be in week 11 of Redefined Church. And we had zero online presence. And so we juggle all that and trying to be connected and not have a location and, and all of those things. Uh, it was a lot. And so we've we've kind of been through the gauntlet here. And it's not that it's been tough and that we're complaining or struggling, but it's like, okay, wait a second. We have an opportunity right now as we are in phase four of, um, you know, our social distancing norm, whatever that is. Uh, we have an opportunity to just set this. And, and instead of continue to wait for people to email us and let us know what's going to happen, we need to do what's best for our family. And and so then it is, what's best for our family? Now I need to do what's best for uh, Heather as a husband, but then I also need to do what's best for Oscar individually, Kaz, Lainey, and, you know, Axton, he's just eating and pooping and sleeping right now. So he's got, he's living on cloud nine. And so then in that, uh, what we're saying is, here's the thing. The first thing we do is fix our nutrition. Lots of comfort food over the last two and a half years, to be honest with you. Um, I'm really not proud of the physical shape I'm in right now. I'm just being real. Um, less exercise. Gym's been closed. Before the gym was closed, I wasn't really going a whole lot anyway. So um, <laughs> that's that's not that big of a deal. But man, it was um, Heather's sweet spot. She loves to bake. And I'm, I just happen to be the guy who loves to eat. And so um, we've limited our nutrition. We were talking about um, fixing our meals. And, and I'm not going to jump into all that, but essentially going to one sweet uh, treat. We call them sweet treats, okay? One sweet treat. We do it Sunday night. So uh, tonight's my lucky night. We're getting sweet treats tonight. And uh, we're fixing our exercise habits. So the last uh, two and a half weeks, we've really been honing in on how we're going to increase our physical activity because our physical health is, is just as important as our spiritual and our emotional health. And um, from that to family structure, what are we looking at with our kids? How do we get back into that routine? Uh, because, you know, for the longest time, it was late nights. So then that trended toward late mornings with our kids. And so getting back into that structure and school time, and then what's best for our kids? Are we really um, sitting back right now hoping that um, that we get what we want? Because I think every every parent has a different level of concern. And so then it's like, no, we're going to plan to do this. And then if anything else happens that helps and serves our kids better, then we'll do that. But as for right now, what's best for our kids is to do this. So we're doing this. And we're gonna, just going to put a stake in the ground and do that, right? And so it's the same thing with the house. It's the same thing with the church. So a couple of weeks ago, we just got to the point where it's like, wait a second. We need to regroup, Lord. That's what we need to do. Ten weeks there. We're in week 21 outside of church right now, which is just crazy. And so even the struggles with that, if, I was, if I'm being honest, standing in the corner of my basement, uh, talking to a camera, um, does not feel the greatest, okay? And so it's not real, um, it's not real easy to feel like you're winning or you're helping people, but God called us here. He put us here for this reason in this season, and I believe that it is for the direction and, and where we're headed in how we regroup. And so um, speaking of regrouping, next week we are set to have our first in-person meeting. Those negotiations are still not final, but we are super close to having a location. So as soon as that becomes known, I'm going to let you know. Make sure you stay connected with us socially, uh, either follow or like uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever platform you use. And uh, we're going to make the announcement as soon as we have it. And so, uh, matter of fact, I'll probably schedule something live so you'll know. But make sure you're following us. There are several of you, by the way, who are following or are watching, but you're not following. And so we can't even tell that you're watching right now because you're not, you, you haven't liked or followed our page. And so do that so we can reach out to you, say hello and see how you are, uh, because that's important. That's important to me and Heather anyways. And so, um, okay. So then every what, so then as we've, as we've essentially said, okay, this is how we're regrouping. We're doing this, 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 and this, what you need to know. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Every what has a because. 
Everything that we do has a because. Everything that you do has a because to it. And where we're at is uh, we're ready to get on with life, like a lot of uh, the world. We're ready to get on with life. And so uh, you need to identify what's your because. Dusty, because we're sitting back right now, we're waiting, and we're hoping for good news. And so great to know that baseball's starting and basketball's starting because we need some, we need some good news. We need some good news. And so you have to identify what's your because. And if you don't have a because right now, that, that tends to make your life trend very negative because that because has passion and is full of fuel and energy and fire and the things that make you really love life, right? And if you don't have a because right now, what, what tends to happen is you uh, wake up and go to bed with high stress, um, <laughs> uncertainty, right? Confusion. And so identify what your because. If you don't have a because, it's because there's not much direction. So put a stake in the ground. Use some of the stuff that, that uh, me and Heather have done. That's why I share it with you. Um, at, by the way, we have a long way to go in every area of life. And so we know that we're working progress just like you. And so if you can use any of those things as examples to say, I'm doing this because I need to be in better shape because physically uh, I'm off and I know I feel better when I exercise or you know, nutritionally, you know, I feel like trash when I drink um, cherry Coke. I love a good cherry Coke though. Why am I drinking cherry Coke? Because nobody has sweet tea here. That's reality. Now I'm not going to go there. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, here's the thing. You have to be interested not only in what people do, but why they do it. It's not about what you do. It's why they do it. And that because is linked to the why. What motivates people to climb mountains, to skydive, to train for triathlons? What motivates people to do those things? What motivates people to give themselves to a cause? It's that because, it's that passion, it's that fire inside them. So uh, what you find is when you identify the because, that's the driving behavior, and you begin to understand the action itself. And when you understand the action, you get passion with it. And so then the, your because, my because, is linked to your why. Well, what's, okay, Dusty, why? What's your because? My because is because my wife needs it. My wife deserves it. My kids need it because my kids need it. Um, my kids need a church. They need to hear from somebody. My kids need to be in church because they need to hear from somebody else th besides me. All right? And that's just the truth. Because my kids need a, a great experience with their education. Because my because is rooted in my in my in my who's right, and so our why typically is tied to that because. And when there's passion in that, man, man, great things happen. So my why is people, and our why at redefined is people. Our why here is people. We want to see who's get to aware. If you have your Bibles open to Proverbs uh, chapter sixteen, verse three. Sixteen, verse three. It says this. It says, all of our ways seem innocent to us, but our motives, our motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to him whatever you do and your plans will succeed. We shared this earlier in the week on social media, uh, just to kind of give you a little sprinkle. We like to sprinkle it in there. And I love the message translation of Proverbs 16, 3. It says this, put God in charge of your work. Put God in charge of what you're doing. Then what you've planned will take place. Action. Right? And so, but here's the thing. If what are you putting God in charge of or what are your plans? And all of a man's ways, uh, his plans or his motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to him. Your plans will succeed. Have you put a stake in the ground right now? Are you still setting back uncertain, worrying, wondering, lost? And if you are, you're losing your because. You're losing your because. And then what ends up happening is, well, I'm not doing this anymore because I don't know when we're going to get back to, I don't know if we're ever going to do that again. And so because I don't know if we're going to do that, I'm not going to do this, 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 or this anymore. When this, 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 and this fuel you. And so then you have to put a stake in the ground and say, you know what? If I'm going to regroup, get back on track, especially if you have kids and you're kind of getting back into that mode as summer comes to a close, man, put God in charge of your work. We already know God is the head, Right. Christ is head of the church. Christ is head of your house. And so put God in charge of your work and what you've planned will take place. Another scripture is Psalms 37. This is Psalms 37, 4 and 5. 
It says, take delight. This is really good. Highlight the word delight if you're in your Bible. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will take care of you. Trust in him and he will take care of you. I want to slow down and look at the word delight. I love looking at words like this. Delight, in my opinion, is um, that would be like a fat-free, I don't know, yogurt or something. Delight. That's a joke. Anyways, but delight looks like this in the uh, dictionary. Gratification, excitement, elation, happiness, pleasure, thrilled, charmed, captivated. To please greatly is to delight. Delight. When is the last time you've delighted in the Lord? Set back. We wait and we wait and we wait and we get disconnected from the things that keep us going. And God is the source of all things in your life. And so then when's the last time you delighted in the Lord? Take delight in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. What is your because? Right? Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. And he will take care of you. He will take care of you. It's a promise. God's never broke a promise. Okay. When we move from information back to this, we move from information to revelation. We have a new normal. We move from information to revelation. We have a new normal. Information informs. Revelation transforms. So then you must see Jesus, your savior, as the one who has forgiven your past, transformed your present and created a brand new future for you. It's a brand new future. Oh, I got a future. Everybody talks about future. But if you think about it, every day is brand new. So your future is brand new every single day. This is, this is the God you serve. This is the God who sent his son. This is who Jesus is. Because how you see Jesus determines how you respond to him. When's the last time you've taken delight? How do you see him? Do you see him as the Savior who's forgiven your past? Right? transformed your present, transformed your present. We're going to get more into that here in just a second and create a brand new future for you because how you see him determines how you respond to him. And so then information is a good thing, right? We all love information. That's why we like to scroll Twitter and, and whatever your favorite news channel is and whatever your favorite sports team's website is. We love information. It's 2020. We just scroll as fast and as much as we can. And we just consume, 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 Right. Because it informs us. We're in the know. And then we say, that's good to know. Man, that's good to know. I mean, people drop by, give you some news. Hey, did you hear that the uh, Washington football team has a new name? Man, I didn't know that. But hey, that's worthless information to me because I'm not a Washington fan. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. This is our year. Okay. I don't think I'm very serious, though. But that's eh, good to know. It's good to know. Information, it's always good to know. And if we're wise, if we're wise, that information pushes us in the right direction. Nope. Nope. That's good information. And we kind of weed our way through what's good, but we all perceive it differently, right? And what God wants for you is not information. What God wants for you is revelation. God doesn't just want you informed. He doesn't want you full of head knowledge. Man, when it gets up here and it gets cropped up in, in your dome, there's not a whole lot that you can do with it except say, yeah, I know. I know that. I know that. If you got kids, if you got kids, they know everything, right? Yeah, I know that. I already knew that. And so what God wants for you is not information. He wants revelation because it transforms you. It transforms us. Revelation causes us to do by default what we may only have done by instruction before. Revelation causes us to do by default what we may only have done by instruction before. When it comes to the world of faith, this is a very easy trap to fall into. It's a very easy trap to fall into. If you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, this is what happens. We settle for information rather than pursuing revelation. We settle for information because it's just easy to do this. I wish I had my phone today. Easy to do this, right? And so we'll settle for that as opposed to going, huh, well, that's, that's real. What else about, what else about that? It's not easy, double tap, whatever you do, right? And so when, what we need to shine a light on this morning is this, when we settle for information, what does that lead to? 
And you can, if you're in the conversation, you can just put it in there right now. It'll just take 10 seconds, 15 seconds. When you settle for information, what does it lead to? When I settle to just consume information, what does it lead to? What does it lead to? We talked about, yeah, it's, it's just head knowledge, right? What does it lead to? Here's what it leads to. Depending on what channel you watch or who you follow or what team you're into, here's what it, it does. It creates anger, fear, worry, doubt, uncertainty, insecurities, More. Scroll. Oh, I've already seen that 13 times a day. Scroll. Which leads to more stress, more worry, and increased health concerns because we're settling for information rather than pursuing revelation. All these things don't produce what God wants for you. God doesn't want any of that for you. So then you have to make a decision what you're going to, one, fill your life with, who's going to lead your life, what are you going to fill your life with, and what's your because? Get back to your because. What's your why? What is your why? What makes you go? What's that passion? Where's that passion at? When we find out stuff about Jesus, so then we go, let's go, let's turn this back spiritual, Dusty. When we find out stuff about Jesus, rather than encountering him personally, it's just a, hmm, that's good to know. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That's in Mark, ain't it? Oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's Genesis 3. Yeah, that's right. That's right, man. I should, I should write that down. And so then when we find out information about Jesus or who God is, it's just like, good to know. That's really good to know, man. That's, that's kind of nice to hear today. I forgot all about that. Why are we forgetting that? Why are we forgetting that? With information, we know what we're supposed to do. Okay? It's just like that. Oh, it's good to know. It's good to know. Yeah, I could do that. And for a lot of us, that's how Sunday is. It's a, oh man, did you hear that today? That was really good. You know, he, there were some good points. She, he, they, whatever had, they said all this. That was really good. Now, that's only information unless you let it transform your life. Information, we know what we're supposed to do. But with revelation, we know what to do and why to follow through. And we do, we follow through. Right? Because it's revelation. It's like, oh man, it links to our because. Our because just gets a little bit greater. Our why becomes a little bit bigger. There's a more depth. It's not bigger. It's deeper. It's deeper. There's a depth to your why and your because. And for people who just like to say, oh, that's that. It goes in that box over there. And that, that gets that labeled because it goes there. There's no depth to that. It's just like, a, oh yeah, yeah. And we can sort through that really quickly. It's like going through the sneaking mailroom, I bet. And yeah, oh, everything is where it's supposed to be. Gotta go. And so it's not, it's not about that at all. It's not about that at all. And so then revelation, we know what to do and we follow through. If information alone rules your life, if you're taking notes, this is big time. If information alone rules our lives, everything we do for God will have the have to element. If information rules your life, Everything you do with God will have the have to. Ah, I have to do that. That becomes heavy. It becomes heavy, right? And what happens is this. Revelation transforms our actions. This is the opposite of just consuming information. When, it, when you allow it to change your life, when you allow it to change your life, revelation transforms our actions into want to, and into want to expressions of love. Revelation transforms, why should we be putting this on the screen right now? Revelation transforms our actions into want to expressions of love. Here's the truth. The truth is we will never cross the line from information to transformation until we see it for ourselves, until you see it for yourself. It happened to me. I had people tell me all the time, scriptures that have changed my life. I read them, knew them front to back and could believe them for you. And didn't believe in for myself. Why? Because it had to happen God's way, God's timing. And so then I had to allow it to transform my life. I had to let it change my life. I had to open my hand and say, you know what, God, this is, this is, I see this. Help me. Help me to understand this more. Help me to see the other side. Help me gain perspective. Search my heart. 
Search my heart, Lord. Know me. Test me and know my concerns. Lead me, Lord, in an everlasting way. Help me to be more like you. Help me to be more like you. Help me to see myself how you see me. Help me to take this and let it make me better. Help me to gain depth with you. I want to know you more, right? And so you have to see it for yourself. I'm thankful for the information of others, but when it comes to living a new normal, there's no substitute for seeing it with your own eyes. We need to see Jesus for who he is, and we need to see Jesus for ourselves. And so a lot of time that's not going to come on a Sunday morning because a Sunday morning is going to challenge you. It's going to encourage you. It's going to help you gain a little bit more depth. We come together to grow, which is great. And so what you need to know is there's no substitute. We have to. We have to. You, you have to. You need to. It's not a have to thing like the have to heavy thing. It's a need. It's a want to expression of love because of who he is to us. Right? And so... Um, you, you need to see Jesus for who he is and you need to see Jesus for yourself. This is why we end every service. We changed this. We were, we were actually praying the blessing when we first started and God revealed Ephesians chapter one to me. And I said, there's no way that we can move forward as a church and not speak this over our people every weekend. And so this is why we pray Ephesians 1, 17 and 18 at the end of every service. And if you like check out um, at the end of every service, you should probably stay leaned in because this is huge. This is what God wants to do in your life. It says this, it says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Revelation in the knowledge of him. What? I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened. Knowledge, perception of your mind may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope. You have to know it. You have to know that you know that you know your why. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and his purpose for you and the great things that he has in store for you. Not what he needs you to do for him. What he has in store for you. We pray this to know him better. To gain depth. When you know him better, you begin to see him more. That's huge. When I know God better, I see him more. When's the last time you delighted in the Lord? Knowing about him will move us, but knowing him transforms us. Knowing about him will move you. You might be getting moved today. God's speaking to you today. Knowing about him will move you. Knowing him personally will transform your life. I'm positive. I'm positive. So part of each of us then regrouping is seeing Jesus as he is. It's knowing him more because as we do, we see his calling and we see his purpose for our lives. And a lot of people hear those two things and they think, oh, that's just one more thing I have to do. That's one more thing I have to do. And what you're hearing is a what, which is information. Information, when information rules, we see this as a have-to element for God. Everything we do for God will have a have-to element, right? And so then, knowing Him more, gaining spiritual depth on a personal level where there's revelation involved means we get to see His calling and His purpose for our lives, which comes to the forefront. It comes to the top. This is why my why. This is why I'm on the face of the earth. Not, well, it's Sunday, got to do all those God things again, because that's the day that we do all the God things. And Monday through Saturday, we get on with our lives. And then Sunday, we do the God things. When in reality, in America, Sunday is the new Saturday. More than 60% of America says that they would rather sleep in on Sunday than they would on Saturday. So we're losing the Sunday God thing people. And the only way we get them back is to show them who God is, show them who Jesus is. And so if you look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says this, it says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not rely on your own understanding, your own judgment is what it's saying. Verse 6, in all your ways know him and he will make your path straight. Know him, not information, know him, relationship, revelation, because of engagement, know him and he will make your paths straight. I'm regrouping, Dusty. 
Like I really want my path to be straight, but I'm so unsure because the information I receive is just so overwhelming over the top. How? How? There it is. Trust. Trust in the Lord. Know him more and he'll make your path straight. But you have to put a stake in the ground that's rooted in your because. It's got to be rooted in your why. So as you regroup today, that's it. You have to be and know uh, what your what your because is. If you've lost your because in all of the uncertainty and the, and the worry and the stress and the angst and all that, go back. The best thing you can do, some of the best advice I ever got was whenever you're lost, whenever you're uncertain and you feel like you don't know what to do, go back to the last thing that God told you. Go back to the last thing that you were 100% was God's will for your life. Go back to that and move forward. That's you and that helps today. Good. So then, this is, I'm wrapping up. This is why our discipleship relationship strategy is learn, live, and lead. Learn of who God the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit are. That's never ending. It's not a ladder that you climb and you get to the top of. This is how we are to move forward in our faith. It's not a model. It is personal, and it happens on God's time in your life by your engagement and your relationship with Him. So it's not like, hey, I learned, I lived, and I, and, I, and, I, and I did this. I checked these boxes, and my life is still uh, the same as it was before. What happened? Uh, you, were, you were consuming information, and you were checking boxes. You weren't engaged. No revelation happened because you didn't allow God to change your life. And so then we learn. We never stop learning. We are going to live out what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and we're going to lead others. We're going to lead others to do the same thing because of how good God is in our lives. And so then the Bible tells us, we're never going to understand or know everything there is to know about God. What does that mean then? It means you're work in progress. It means you need to set a good pace. It means you're, there's always going to be more to learn. Until you're 147 years old, there's going to be more to learn. You're never going to know it all. You're never going to arrive. You're never going to find that spot to go, got it. Because the moment right now, if you have that place in your mind where you say, as long as I get this and this, and I'm here and I got this and we got this then that's it, man. The moment that you get there, you're going to compare it to something else and be like, nope, this sucks. Like, I, didn't, I don't know why you ever wanted this. this is, and you see, you'll see all the stuff that's bad with it, and you go, new mark right here, and you just keep running. You just keep running. It's exhausting. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Live like him establishes and affirms your relationship with God through Jesus. Receive the gift of God's Son. Begin to read, pray, listen, worship, write, serve, and give. Man, get engaged in relationship. Leading for him is knowing him. Knowing him is what transforms you, right? Now you can lead others on a similar journey or a similar path because you've experienced it. What's that mean? Now you can show somebody. You can show them with your actions. You're not just going to tell them and give them information that gets lodged in their head. Proverbs 9, 6. Proverbs 9, 6 says, leave foolishness behind you. This is good. Leave foolishness behind you and begin to live, learn, live and learn how to be wise so you can lead a good life. Live, learn, lead. Sound familiar, right? Following Jesus is a process. It's not a flip of the switch. It's not a, well, it's time to do the God things today. On, God stuff, we're good. God's, God's got it, right? And then and then going uh, Monday where we're like, oh, off, coffee, running late, you know, makeup on the highway, driving with my knee, like, it's not that. It's not that. It's a commitment, right? It's not a flip of the switch. It's not a one time. It's an all the time thing. And so remember why we do this. Remember why. Remember our because, right? We believe it. We want to go to heaven. We want to see people go to heaven. We don't want our community to go to hell. Our community meaning our circle, our extended family, our friends, our community. We want to see our community thrive. We want to see God's presence here. And you would say, yeah, Dusty, how do I do that? Like, you would say, learn, live, lead. Like, I don't get that. Like, I, 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 get, I get what you're saying, and I know that I should be engaged in a relationship, but like, how do I do that? And the same way that you do it is the same way that we do it. The same way that you do it is the same way that we do it. So what's that mean? Never stop learning. Learning starts with knowing. Learning starts with knowing, and it's not a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. And so that's John 17.3. This means get back into it. Get back into what? Whatever you were doing, 
whatever your why, your because was, whatever your passion was before, get back to it. Okay? Stop waiting. You need to make a decision. You need to make a decision so you can continue to learn both physically, spiritually, and emotionally. You've got to continue to grow, right? Live as an example. This is show me, don't tell me. You're going to find it in Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Here's the reality. Living as an example is one of the greatest ways you're going to make an impact in your community, in your circle of friends, and other people are going to see and, and be changed, transformed by the revelation of who God is because this. 70% of our country right now is looking to follow someone. It's just it. They are sit back, watch, like, and, and while they're doing that, they're going stir crazy and they're just as ready. They're just as ready as you are to take a step and say, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is what I'm doing. This is how we're going to lead our house. This is what we're doing for our kids. Because why? It's best for our kids. That's why. Not because it's more convenient for me. It's best for our kids. And that's my job as the leader of our house, as the whoever, right? And so everybody's looking for a leader. Everybody's looking for a leader. So then we lead the way. What's that mean? Bring others along. It's 1 Corinthians 15.3. Here's why. It might as well be us. If not us, who? If not us, who? It might as well be us. Why? Because we value people. Because we value people. Our treasure is people. Matthew 6, 21. We talked it last week. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. What does that say? You put your money where your heart follows, right? Where your heart is, your money goes. Very simply, God's treasure is people. It's why he gave us Jesus. Our treasure is people. It's why we're regrouping as a church. It's why we're regrouping as a church. We are moving forward to 2030, not back to 2019, early 2020. Our why is to get a Hutu where people in heaven have the most worth. People in heaven have the most worth. That's why we give. We send treasure ahead. We send people ahead. We invest in eternity. We must. That's the call of the church. We invest in eternity. So much good stuff. I'm going to give you some scripture references here to back up. Uh, Proverbs 9. Uh, what was it? Proverbs 9, 6. Never start learning. We said learning. If you're taking notes, learning begins with knowing. That's John 17, 3. It says, now this is eternal life. They, <laughs> that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is not something that happened when you were three because your pastor was resigning uh, or transitioning out. This is not something you know because your mom made you do it or your dad said so, right? Learning is something we do constantly. So it's not a box that's been checked. It's not a box that we feel. It's a way that we live, right? We never stop learning. You find it in Matthew eleven twenty-seven through 30. All things have been committed to me by my father. No one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and those to whom the son chooses to reveal him too relationship takes knowing personally. Revelation, transformation is out of personal relationship, not Facebook, not Instagram, not a double tap. I have to be engaged. It takes community in and I start in my circle, right? Verse 28, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am loving and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Somebody needs to hear Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 today. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The only burden that God has ever asked you to carry. One, he'll never give you more than you can handle. But the only burden that God has ever asked you to carry is the burden of a living, live, personal relationship with him. If this relationship is well, everything else takes care of itself. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. If you do these two, you'll find that everything else takes care of itself. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The only burden that you are called to carry is your relationship with God, the Father. We're to learn from Him. That happens by engaging in our relationship, not anyone else's. Your faith has to be your faith. It's what gets you to heaven. It's your faith. It's not, well, great-grandma, she went to that church over there, and because she did, I get shooed in. No, it has to be your faith. Living as an example is uh, Colossians 3, 12 through 14. 
3, 12 through 14. It says, you are always dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with the virtues of God. Hmm. Virtues of God. That's nice. Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. Be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family, forgiving one another in the same way that you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release this same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the true mark of maturity. Remember, love becomes the true mark of maturity, but revelation transforms our actions into want-to, want-to expressions or actions of love. Not have-to because somebody said so. 1 Timothy, the other scripture, 1 Timothy 4, 11 and 12 Teach these things to make sure everyone learns them well. Man, learn. Never stop learning. Be an example. Here we are. Be an example. Let people allow the way you, let people follow the way you live. Be a pattern for them in your love, your faith, and how you think, and the way you serve. I'll say that again. Be an example. Let people follow the way you live. Be a pattern for them in your love, your faith, how you think, and the way you serve. That's what it means to live out as a follower of what a follower of Jesus is. Lead the way. We lead the way. Bring others along. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. I've got two scriptures. And we are praying. We are praying. Lead the way. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. Now, let me remind you, brothers, of what the gospel really is. For it has not changed for it has not changed. It is the same good news that was preached before. I'm not telling you anything that's not already been spoken. Right? It's the same good news that was preached before. You welcomed, you welcomed it then and still do now, for your faith is squarely built upon this wonderful message. And it is the good news that saves you if you still firmly believe it. This is Paul speaking, by the way. Unless, of course, you never really believed it in the first place. Head knowledge. Never made it to your heart. That's what he's saying. Unless you never believed it in the first place. Verse 3, big one. I passed on to you right from the first what had been told to me. This is what it means to, to lead the way. We pass it on. We bring others along. What God reveals to us, we share with others. Will it happen exactly when we share it? Probably not. Okay, but somebody has to plant those seeds, and that's us. The final one on leading the way is Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And we will continue in this chapter and verse 13 next week. It says this, Your lives are like salt among the people. But if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing and will be thrown out and trampled on by others. Your lives light up the world. Love that. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hill? By the way, our downtown is called the hill. No big deal. And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. Let others see Jesus in you what it means to lead the way. 16, so don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that commendable things, so the commendable things that you do will shine as a light upon them and they will give their praise, not to you, but to your Father in heaven. So why, why learn, live, lead? It's biblical, okay? But because you're going to serve something, you're going to serve something. Remember, your because is linked to your why. And everybody has a because. Everybody has a because. Maybe some of them have dwindled, but everybody has a because. Our why is for people. It's to get who's to where's. Remember, I said you're going to serve something. It's the last scripture before the dismissal. Joshua 24, 15 says this. If serving the Lord seems undesirable for you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. 
if that seems undesirable for you, what he's saying is, hey, if serving God, if following Jesus seems undesirable for you, then choose for yourselves right now, this day, who you will serve. You're going to serve something, okay? Whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond, served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. But as for me, here's what he says, Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is like in everybody's house in the Bible Belt, okay? So, just as Christ is the head of the church, he's also the head of your home. He has to be given that place. We have to, we have to see Jesus for who he is, right? You're going to serve something. When you serve God, great things happen. When you choose to be salt, you move from information to revelation. That's new normal. When I move from consumption to contributing, from information to revelation, that's the new normal. That's how you regroup. It is stop watching the paint dry. Stop looking at the smoke and the mirrors and getting caught up in all the hoopla. You have the power and authority. The authority you have is given to you by your purpose and your purpose is found in Christ. And so then you have all the authority that you need to walk forward in your purpose today. The authority you have is found in your purpose. It's found in your purpose, which is linked to your why or it's linked to your because. And so then that's your new normal. That's how you regroup. That's how you regroup your house personally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, your house, your marriage, your family, your kids, your life is to walk in the authority of your purpose because that's linked to your because. It's linked to your why, which is who you have. It's why we never stop learning, always living, and leading for others, leading others along because changed individuals transform families and transform families restore communities, spiritual restoration in our communities. Individuals are changed and communities are transformed when people invest in others. When people invest in others, this is why regroups. This is why we're regrouping as a church. And this is exactly how you can regroup. Pull those who are closest to you in and invest in them. If we all do that, we have a changed world. We have revelation and we have transformation. We'll see an awakening if we do that. When you choose to learn, live, and lead like Jesus, you fulfill. This is it, man. This is it. If you hear me today, when you choose to learn, live, and lead like Jesus, you fulfill the very purpose that Jesus died for. Because he didn't just die to save you from hell or for you to go to heaven, but he also died to save you from yourself, self-centeredness, selfishness, right? When we pour into others, it creates opportunities for God to move. And that's all he's asking for. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at liveredefined.com. Follow us on social media at Redefined Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.